Hello, nerds! Welcome to episode 76 of Frameskip, a video game podcast. I am your host this week. My name is George. I am joined by Elijah, the ladies' man, Steel. Hi, hello. Hi, hello. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi, hey, hi. Hey there, hi there. Hello. I am also joined by Coach, the Kyle Newman. What's up, guys? How we doing? Doing well. Had some some technical issues getting everyone here, but we're all here. Glad you made it. Yes, very glad. I miss being on. We miss having you on. We miss having you. Uh, some some bookkeeping just from the start. Um, Seth is still on his uh, what, what's it called? Uh, his pilgrimage. Uh, he's going back to get that gas can he talked about in the last episode. Austin is doing Austin things tonight, so you're stuck with the three of us, but that's okay, because we're here to talk about some fun things. First off, Elijah, what have you been what have you been playing? So I've really been playing one game. And that's Forza Horizon 5. Okay, now before you even get started, you're playing yeah. the game earlier than the general public. I was, because I got the like premium edition. Okay. The game officially came out today. Okay. Oh, was it today? Yes. Oh. And I got the like premium upgrade, so I was playing on Friday. And God, the game is so good. Like, you would think at some point, Playground Games is going to do something that takes a step back. Like, even if it's trying something new or that. But no, they never take a step back. They're always at the top of their game. That studio is just incredible. I'm excited for uh, Fable, and I don't even like Fable. But Forza Horizon 5 is basically just the next step in the Forza Horizon journey. The best way I can describe it, it's like what upgraded sports games should be like each year. Where you're, you know, you have the same players, uh, except for like the rookies that come in. Forza, you basically have the same cars with a few rookies that come in, a few newbies that enter, and it's just a change of scenery, but the scenery is so good, it's so well thought out, they, some of the new things in this are, you know, you have the, like, danger signs, and the speed traps and such, well, there's a new one called Trailblazers, and to the best of my knowledge, so far, all I, all of them I've encountered are off-road. And it's just, you drive through these two pillars, and then 3.7 miles that way is the next one. Go. Get there, however, the fastest <laughs> okay. possible way. Okay. And it's almost entirely off-road that I've found out. And it's just so fun. Just, these games are incredible, and this one is right up there with the best of them open world mexico is a great setting the characters in it are whatever but that's how forza is one of the cool things is it in the story it recognizes the other horizon festivals so one of them in part of the story they talk about this like rich kid and all that and this person liked beating the rich kid in street races and such and then you find out the rich kid is like a huge fan of that guy and that's why he wanted to go to the Horizon Festival in England to begin with. 
Okay. Because he wanted to try and get better so he could not so much compete, but like race alongside this guy. He just, he just wanted to be, he just wanted to be his Robin. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's like, I didn't expect it to really reference the other games like that. Other than just, there are more horizon festivals and this is a new in Mexico. But there are little things like that about the past ones. Like it, it recognizes that you've started the previous Horizon festivals, and it's just so fun. The car handling is fantastic. The cars in it are. Wait, <laughs> wait what the hell was that, dude? Do it again. <laughs> but do it in Chewbacca. Do Chewbacca. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he speaks Cherokee. Is that is that what it's called in the official language? The, I, th- I think it's officially it called Cherokee. Be. I was reading some comics last night, not important. Uh. <laughs> but no, the the game is just incredible. It if you have any interest in a Forza Horizon game, the the best part about it is it is very sim arcade. The driving itself is very sim, but the game plays out arcadey. So it's okay. kind of a best of both worlds scenario. And it, it's just incredible. Because I think, gun to my head, I would rather play the new Gran Turismo than the new Forza Motorsport. But I think I would rather play Forza Horizon than any of them, if that makes so, sense. <laughs> so you and I are the complete opposite. Okay. I would rather play Gran Turismo than Forza Horizon. But I would rather play Forza Motorsport than Gran Turismo. Hot damn okay that's a that's a plot twist i didn't see that coming i I'm mean you're, a big, you're elijah not... mr trophy steel i just assumed forza like xbox does their racing game so much better than playstation i enjoy gran turismo don't get me wrong i don't think it's bad i enjoy it but okay. forza, forza motorsport has always been just top notch for me but the only other thing i want to talk about isn't a game but a show based on a game and that's Act One of Arcane came out on Netflix. Arcane okay. is uh, a story based in the League of Legends universe. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Like, I don't know anything about League of Legends other than KDA. So I went into this with no background whatsoever. I understand the location. Like, I understand the story setting. I understand all these differences. And it's just... It's... It's written so well. The characters are put out there so well. Like, you can really feel for the characters you need to feel for. You can really dislike the characters you need to dislike. But at the same time, like, understand, like, they do a good job of giving them such great personalities. And Act 2 hits this upcoming weekend. And I will stay up super late to watch all three episodes of Act 2 straight through. I'll be honest, man. I uh, I pretend to know what you're talking about a lot because you, in general, reference a lot of like really obscure games. Like you just have your finger to the pulse in a way that I do not. But I never want to like dunk on you. Like I never want to be like, what the what the f is that, Elijah? No one cares. Like I, I refuse to ever have that mentality because if it's something that makes you happy, I want to support that. And you talked about Arcane, and I was like, oh, totally, man. Yeah, I'll check that out. That sounds great. With no like real intention of checking yeah. it out, I was just trying to be supportive. And then I saw a trailer for it, and this show looks awesome. This show it, looks fantastic. <laughs> it's it's legitimately very, very good. Like, All right. it has no right to be as good as it is, honestly. 
adding it to my queue. That's awesome. But that's all I've been doing. That's all you've got? All right, Coach, I know you and I have a game in common. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, First up, I just want to talk really quickly about Riders Republic. Yes, please. I have been missing... There was something that just felt like a staple when I was a kid when it came to gaming. And, like, I didn't really know what I was doing when it came to games. Uh, So I'd be like, okay, this GoldenEye game is really fun. I've got a shooter. And then I'd be like, okay, I want a racer. And that's cruising, cruising USA, cruising world on N64. And then I was just like, oh man, like I gotta own like a like a snowboarding or a skateboarding game. And then those games just went away. And then thankfully, Riders Republic to the rescue. All these years later, Riders Republic is an open world game that features BMX downhill uh, biking, features snowboarding, features squirrel suit floating through the sky, even jetpacking. Um, this game is awesome. Uh, I think this game is going to suffer heavily because it's basically what I imagined Forza Horizon to be, except just featuring all these sort of disparate extreme sports. But it is such a fun open world game. It just has such a good attitude about itself. It's very good vibes playing this game where like you are just trying to slowly, incrementally improve your gear it actually has a leveling system that doesn't feel or leveling system is disingenuous. I apologize. It has like a, an upgrade system that feels not dissimilar to um, the division where like you'll do a race and you'll level up and then you'll get a bike and it just says like 330 DP, which is just like a higher stat than the 258 bike you just went down the hill, hill with. And so it really does feel like you're picking up like a new gun equivalent for this game. But it's just a giant open world and it feels it's got really good like Y2K energy. It's got really positive feelings about, hey, we're all here. We're all just trying to do the coolest, most impressive thing. And I've had such a good time playing this game. I think it's going to take a hit next week once I finally get my Xbox Series X and I can play Forza. But I am really, really enjoying my time with it. And I hope. I stick with it, but I think I'm going to play a lot of Forza with you guys when I finally get my Series X. <laughs> um, and then the other game I've been playing is a game Coach has also been playing, so I'm going to let Coach get things started. Coach, what have you been playing? Okay, so this week we've been playing Call of Duty Vanguard, the new one, right? Oh, yes. So um, I was not even really, it wasn't really on my radar um, because honestly, I was going to pick up. Uh, the new Pokemon. But when it came down to it, I saw your excitement for it a couple weeks ago. And then I kind of weighed my options. I'm like, I think I'll have more fun with this. Right. Mm -hmm. So I picked it up and I played it. I'm about two, two and a half hours in, I think. And I love it. Now I did notice this, that there are, and surprisingly, there's a lot of, uh, not a lot, but, there's some major frame skips um, that hey. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> we know those. Right. And I believe when it happens, it's right before a cutscene, like the 10 to 15 seconds when you're playing right before a cutscene, like, you know, when you're ending one section and going into another, I've noticed that it there's a lot of slowdown. And then I'll see... Um, I'll see some uh, uh, some skips every once in a while. So that was kind of shocking 
for me, being that we have I have this I'm playing it on the series uh X. Okay. I've noticed a few frame skips also. I'm playing it on PlayStation 5. Um I didn't really notice it until today. Like I had a friend over, uh my plumber, who's also my best friend from high school. He's helping me install a new water line in my kitchen. And he doesn't have a PlayStation 5, so I decided to show him how pretty games are because I used to play a lot of Guitar Hero with this guy in high school. Like a like a make-your-knuckles-bleed amount of Guitar Hero. Um, and so I had him over. Today was the first time I noticed uh, some some dips on, on the old frame count. Um, but other than that, uh, my experience has been pretty smooth with it. I've been playing the campaign. I beat the campaign last night on Veteran. Um... That game is awesome. Like, it is such a fun shooter campaign. Uh, Coach, you said you're about two and a half hours into it. We were talking before we recorded that you were at the first mission for uh, Paulina Petrova. Yes. Uh, Laura Bailey's character. She is absolutely fantastic in this game. Call of Duty's reaching, like, this really mature type of storytelling and when i say that i don't mean in terms of content i mean just in terms of presentation where like this doesn't feel like a bro shooter anymore this doesn't feel like like a michael bay video game this feels like a really really smart action experience that um has me really really impressed well i'm invested in these characters now yeah. Right. Because at the beginning, when you're on the train and you're you're moving around, you kind of don't know where it's really going. Right. Well, what was that? Okay. <laughs> and and then once they start doing the character development, that's when it just it to me it went from a good you know I'm having fun to like okay now I'm really interested in this and yeah and I'm enjoying it and and today at work that's all I could think about today. Yeah, no, uh, same for me yesterday as I was like nearing the end of the campaign. I was just waiting for the data end so I could just turn my PlayStation on. And it's great because the sun is going down at four o'clock now. So one positive about that is there's less glare on my TV as I try to play video games. But basically, like the game starts with probably what I think is like the best first level in a Call of Duty game since the original Modern Warfare. Um, Like that original game had you like going on a boat and uh like it was like sinking and like water was like pouring in it was just like a really good technical showpiece for the 360 back in the day and this i think might be better just in terms of like a first level and like it doesn't do the call of duty thing where it starts you off in in boot camp uh it just jumps straight to the action and you're on a train as it's riding alongside another train and you're trying to hijack that train to sneak into a nazi base and it is just such a fun start to a game and then you're part of this special forces team. And then each mission of the campaign basically is like the origin story for each member of that team. And then the missions sort of have everyone's like funneling back together to be like a, like a, a modern mission for them, like all together. And it's, it's so incredibly fun. The multiplayer itself too is great. They do this thing where uh, they change the pacing is like the big verbiage they use where it's like, Sometimes you're playing a team deathmatch and like traditionally it always went to 75. And now sometimes you're on a bigger map where it's 12 V 12 and you're going to 200. Uh, sometimes you're at six V six and you're going to 100. 
but they just change with like the actual speed of the game and it's it's so incredibly fun. Well, cannot recommend cannot yeah. recommend it enough. The um I'm trying to remember his name, the black dude. Arthur Kingsley. Yes. I love his character, man. Oh, I love so his his mission, you know, that you played going up that bank or whatever. I mean, it was it was such a perfect level. The level design in that was just so amazing, you know? Like mm-hmm. I I I played through it twice just because I loved it, right? I enjoyed yeah. it. So It feels like the original Call of Duty in a way. Like the original like console Call of Duty that we got back on like PlayStation 2 and original Xbox. Like it feels almost like a war sim in a way. Uh where I don't know. I think my favorite Call of Duty might be Modern Warfare 3, just from like where I was like in, in my life and the amount of time I was able to invest into it. But that game was incredibly arcadey. Uh th- but compared especially to the original Call of Duty. And this one feels like an old school, like original Call of Duty. It's just I, I cannot get over how good the campaign is. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, uh anything else, coach? No, that's that's it for me. All right, that is what we have been playing. Uh, we try to do something special for every episode. This week, we are taking a look back. Uh, we are in November of 2021. It is November 9th as we record this. And so we wanted to celebrate 2011. We want to take a look back 10 years into the past to talk about what at the time seemed like the biggest year in gaming yet, and it very well may could have been so we're going to break it down i made a list of the biggest game releases by month and so i'm going to read these games out and i want to talk about the games that stand out to you i want to talk about trends that we notice and uh, if anything sort of catches your eye please interrupt me so we can talk about a game uh first game i have written january 11th 2011 DC Universe Online. The only reason I mention this, one, the cinematics leading up to it were awesome. Two, it was one of the first times we ever got like a big MMO to appear on a home console. Started off with a subscription, it later became free to play. It was a big deal at the time. Now it's still a relatively big deal. No one talks about it, but it is still a very popular game. January 18th, Little Big Planet 2. Well, wait, real quick, going back oh, to the DC. Was oh, that please, the MOBA? Yeah. No. That was not the MOBA. That, that was, was Infinite, Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis. Okay. Yeah. Not to be confused with the comic book series Infinite Crisis. Just took the name. Uh, not the MOBA, the MMO. Uh, January 18th, Little Big Planet 2. Sackboy came back, boy. And that's all I have to say about that. My roommate, that's fair. My roommate was absolutely obsessed with the first Little Big Planet. I spent hours. Uh, on plants, watching him create levels. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. have you guys played the new one, the new Sackboy? Uh, Sackboy's yes. Big Adventure. Yeah, so, so fantastic. Good. Yeah, great game. Is it worth buying? I mean, is it sixty Absol- or seventy? Um, probably cheaper now. I would assume it'd be somewhere like in the forty to fifty range now. Yeah. It was sixty when I grabbed it. Uh, great game though. It's just like yeah. a fun, fun third-person platformer. So fun, yeah. Uh, let's see. Next big game, also January eighteenth, Mass Effect Two. Uh, this is here because 
it came to the PlayStation family of consoles, which we weren't expecting at the time. We thought it was still like a Microsoft exclusive, but it came to PlayStation 3 and it came to PlayStation 3 on the Mass Effect 3 engine, which was a very big deal at the time. So for a while, the best way to play Mass Effect 2 was on PlayStation 3, which is shocking in hindsight. Uh, finally, January 25th, I think a game Elijah wants to talk about, Dead Space 2. This game really it had a super good story and finally fixed some of the controls that people didn't like from Dead Space 1, which makes, I think, Dead Space 2 like the definitive Dead Space game. We're just going to not talk about three, but when Dead Space 2 came out, it blew me away. And to this day, I still think it's a great game. And it also has that thing with the eye. Yeah, right at the beginning. So it's kind of like, you know, let's get it done and you're gone now. Let's rip this bandit off. Exactly. Who 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 needs to sleep? It's fine. Worst part of the game is past. We're good. Yeah. Uh, moving on to February, February 8th, we had three games. We had Explodemon, which was a PSN uh, 2D platformer. We had Stacking, which is actually a game we brought up, I think, last week or two weeks ago, which was from Double Fine, uh, where you're playing as like the Russian nesting dolls. And we also had a game series that we didn't know was going to be such a big deal at the time. We have You Don't Know Jack, which eventually evolved into the Jackbox series of games. Elijah, that, you're looking around all crazy. Is that all you have for February? No, that's all I have for February 8th. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, but George. Oh my God. There's more. Yeah, your favorite, one of your favorite games. Uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia came out February 15th. Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Fate of Two Worlds. And Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, came to PSP. Elijah, I feel like you want to talk about games. Maybe even Coach, you want to talk about some games. Hyperdimension Neptunia, with it being, you know, it's the first in the series, a long-running series that's still releasing new releases. What we hadn't really seen as much before is the whole thing is a giant metaphor for the gaming industry. And it was amazing when you realized that. And that was just something you didn't see too often. Also, was that sneakily like the return of Sega to to nerdier roots? Because it felt like it to me at the time. No, because it wasn't Sega. Hyperdimension of Tunia wasn't Sega? Correct. Oh, who is it Atlas? Idea Factory. Oh, man. I always thought that game was Sega because the the commentary about it was just like being super passive aggressive about the console wars. So I always assumed it was a Sega game. No, 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 actually, um, one of the main characters is based on sega okay i think okay you you have the uh nintendo character the xbox character the playstation character and then the sega character they're the four main characters of the game okay i i misremembered that game then i apologize um february 16th one of my favorite games of the year came out hardcore uprising I'm so happy you brought this up. This game is so good. Coach, have you ever played Hardcore Uprising? No, I haven't. Okay, it is probably in all likelihood available on Series X. You need to download this game because it is a 2.5D Contra game. It What's is the name of it? 
Hardcore C-O-R-P-S Uprising. This game is fantastic. Actually, I can confirm it's on Xbox One and Series X. It was one of the games with gold a couple months ago. Okay, that's good to know. That game is incredible. That game is so hard. So good. But it is so much fun. I'm so glad you brought that up. I didn't think it was going to be brought up. Oh, God, of course. I couldn't couldn't make a list without that. Uh, and to round out February... On the 22nd, we got Bulletstorm and Killzone 3. Elijah, you have the Platinum in Killzone 3, don't you? I do. I do. You're out of your mind. <laughs> you're out of... Out I, of you're, you're crazy. I played a lot of that game. That game was one of the main reasons I got... So I had originally gotten a PS3 for Killzone 2. That PS3 broke, and then just... I didn't touch a PS3 again for a while. Sure. Then Killzone one, 3 one, was coming out. Once bitten, twice shy. I get it. Yeah. Exactly. Then Killzone 3 was coming out. And I'm like, I, I need a PlayStation 3 again. And that was what really got me to buy another PS3, which then I got hooked on getting trophies and playing PlayStation game. Killzone 3 is actually like the reason I play PlayStation now that I think about it. All right. Can I make a confession to both of you guys? At this point in 2011, we're going into March, I hadn't played any of these games because I was still living in England and I didn't have my consoles with me. I had a PSP, which I couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi and I couldn't connect to the PSN and I had a DS. So I was just uh, knees deep in Pokemon Platinum and knees deep in like Burnout, whatever the Burnout was on PSP. I think it was just Burnout PSP. There were two and, Burnout games. One was Burnout, and the other one was Burnout Legends. Okay, I was knee-deep in Burnout Legends then. That was absolutely the one on my PSP Go. Uh, Coach, so far, has anything stuck out to you about 2011? Um, So far, no. Only because okay. that's the year that I went to uh, Afghanistan. So the beginning of the year, I'm training. We're getting ready. So it doesn't get... I, I don't start playing games again until the middle of the year. So, gotcha. yeah. And just for context, was this your first tour? Yes, this is my first yes, it one. Was. Okay. All right, that pushes us into March. March six, Pokemon Black and White, a disgusting looking game that may or may not be the best in the series because it focused on story, or it could be the worst in the series. Because it focuses on story, it's dealer's choice. Also in March, on the 8th, we got two games. We got Dragon Age 2, and we got Major League Baseball 2K11. I just wanted to bring up 2K11 just because we live in a world right now where the only baseball game, only sim baseball game, is MLB The Show, which has only recently gone multi-platform. But back in the day, you actually had 2K Baseball, which is just, I, for, I forgot until I was looking at a list of games. Uh, on March 11th, uh, the Tanahoku earthquake happened in Japan and the Pacific, which led to uh, several crises that happened in Japan. Um, and we will touch more on that in a little bit, I believe. But just for context of where we were in the year, it was a really big deal. Uh, I believe it was like the nuclear reactors at Fukushima were in danger of uh, melting down. 
Um, so just for context of where we were in the year, uh, on March 15th, we got Homefront, which looked to be the Call of Duty killer. It was fine. It was fine. I love that game knowing full well that it's fine, but I absolutely adore that game. They spent a lot more time world building in that game than any Call of Duty really had to a point. And with good reason, because it was like an alternate history. Uh, like I think it was North Korea, right? North Korea or China who had like invaded the, the United States. Someone invaded the United States. It was basically it was, red. It was Red, red Dawn, Dawn. The video. It game. was Red Dawn. Yeah, yeah. A uh, really big deal. March twenty second, Crisis Two came to consoles. If I this might not be. A... Wasn't that the first Crisis to come to console? That was yes. the first Crisis to come to console. Okay. The original Crisis didn't come until much later. But Crisis 2 came. You guys, can I make a confession? Crisis 2 was the first game I ever played, like, online multiplayer in Maine. Oh, wow. Because the, the internet was so bad in Maine. And I remember on, like, two and a half megabyte down per second speed later that summer, I bought Crisis 2 because it looked so pretty. And that was the first game I ever did online team deathmatch in my childhood bedroom. It was a very big deal for me. Also on March 22nd, a personal favorite game of mine called Swarm came to PlayStation Network, which was basically a two-dimensional Pikmin game. Also very similar to Army Corps of Hell, which came to Vita. Oh, yeah. In a very, very similar vein to that game. Also on the 22nd, guys, guess guess what time it was? It was the time of PlayStation Move. So we got PlayStation Move Heroes on PlayStation 3. Not that I miss the PlayStation move, but I do miss the era of Sony making sort of gimmicky games. Oh, Elijah's holding up a beautiful move wand. Hey, I recognize those. Those aren't PlayStation 3 move wands. That's your PSVR controller. What's the difference? Oh, God, yeah. Why didn't they update it? It's such a bad idea. Anyways, PlayStation Move Heroes, a game I hope to play soon on stream. Because someone got an Elgato and his name is El Giorgio. Moving on. March 27th, Coach, I think you got something to say. The 3DS launches in North America. Yeah, and what an abysmal launch. I mean, there was oh my just God, thank no games. <laughs> None. And it was Steel, di- Steel Diver. Yes. Classic o- Steel Diver. Ocarina of Time 3DS was a launch game, correct? No, it was not. It wasn't a launch game. Ooh, it was not. No nope. rough stuff. Yes, it was very rough. There just wasn't anything. I want to say they there was uh, a Splinter Cell game, Chaos Theory that, 3D, I believe. Yes, was I don't uh, think that was launched though. I think that came out later. I think that was in the summer. Yeah, and then uh, I'm trying to think what else, but it was Super Street Fighter Four. Abysmal. Yep. The only the only thing that you know, you could play your DS games on it, right? So. One thing that was really cool about it was the AR cards that came packed in the console. Wasn't there a Pilot it, Wings game? Yeah, there was. Pilot Wings 3D. Okay, uh, that, game's a, that game's actually super fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that game. I grabbed it on eBay a, a year or two ago. I think like, uh, yeah, like a year ago, like right before the pandemic. Or right at the beginning of the pandemic, and I actually really enjoyed my time with that game. But uh, you're right, not the great game. Uh, Ghost Recon Shadow War 
was a very, very fun tactics RPG from the launch of the 3DS that I enjoyed quite a bit. But guys, you know what? We talked about it earlier. It had to come back. PSP, third birthday, comes out March 29th in the Parasite Eve series. That I, game's great. That game I is recently, fantastic. <laughs> I recently got Parasite Eve 1 and 2. So I want to play through them. I've had the third birthday sitting on my shelf waiting for me. All right. Hey, man, you stream it. I am there. Um, Moving on to April. April was such a pivotal month for the year of 2011. And you're going to know why in just a few seconds. April 19th is now known as Portal Combat Day. And so many games came out on that day. We got Mortal Kombat, like the reboot of Mortal Kombat, the start of the modern day era of Mortal Kombat, the return to form. I believe the game before that was Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe, which was super fun, but not what people were looking for. This is technically Mortal Mortal Kombat 9. Yes, this was the return to form people were hoping for the series. We also got SOCOM 4, which is a supremely underrated game, and we're going to get into why in just a second. We also got Portal 2, which for all the praise it gets, probably also an underrated game. And Coach, we got a Wii game this day, too. We got Conduit 2. Yeah, I wasn't as much into the Wii. There's oh, a really? few games. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just I couldn't do the, the, the motion controls. I just couldn't. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the Conduit series, I think, is very good. The first one is hard. I actually just got Conduit 2 on Wii the other day. So I've never heard of it. Oh, it is a first-person shooter set up with motion controls. It is The first game is incredibly fun, but like I said, super hard. <laughs> Sounds like a better version of Red Steel. Uh, Red Steel 2 is perfect. Red Steel 1 is underwhelming. Red Steel 1 is not a great game. Red Steel 2 you is just me, dri- dripping with style. You have me curious now because I enjoyed Red Steel. Like, knew it was bad, but like I enjoyed what it did. So uh, I'm going to have to pop in Red Steel 2. Red Steel 2 was like a Tarantino futuristic, like a, a sci-fi samurai showdown game. It was so weird and so good. Um, so April 19th was like a great day for video games. April 20th was not. April 20th, the PlayStation Network is hacked and is down for the next 23 days. Where were you? Where were you when the PlayStation Network went down, Elijah? I recall at one point being at my friend's house trying to sign in. And again, I'm like, nope, nope, it's not fixed yet. I, I, I didn't like those days. No. Coach, were you deployed in April of uh, 2011? No, but I only had a PS2 at that time. I didn't get my PS3 until like around August, September. Okay. So this didn't affect you at all. It didn't really affect me because I was abroad. And in the UK, Xbox is so stupidly popular. Like, I don't know if it's just the UK or if it was because like, I think on continental Europe, PlayStation is more popular. But man, all my friends in at my university in England, they all had 360s. And so they were unaffected as well. Yeah, that's what I had as a 360. Yeah, I still, um, I had my launch 360, like the white one, until a year and a half ago when my brother-in-law was using it while I was gone. And it finally red-ringed on him. 
which is pretty good. I mean, like I got that like 2006, 2007, yeah, true, maybe. True. And so it lasted until like 2019, 2020. That's pretty solid. All right, we are moving into May. Uh, we mentioned the uh, Tohoku earthquake in Japan. Uh, one of the games that was affected by it on May 3rd, Motorstorm Apocalypse. I love this series. This is like such a... It's like one of the first series I think of when I think of PlayStation 3. It no longer exists. The developers no longer owned by PlayStation. They, they went were on to make off. Onrush. Yeah. A lot of the same developers. Uh, but Motorstorm Apocalypse was a arcadey racing game that was centered around the idea of natural disasters happening and unfortunately there was a level in japan that took place during an earthquake and so it seemed in poor taste to release this game so soon after the tohoku earthquake but that was the game that they made so it was really hard to avoid it yeah um because it was supposed to come out in march i remember that yeah and so it was delayed. Can't fault the developers for that. Not their fault. Who you can fault the developers for is Splash Damage. Because they had a game on May 10th called Brink. You remember Brink? Brink was I've an never online only, online only like team shooter. Where it seemed, if Brink came out today, I think it'd be super successful. It seems very overwatch E. Uh, it, by comparison, not quite hero shooter, but very much online tactics based. May 17th, LA Noir comes out. It was a three disker on Xbox 360, single really? disker on, play, on PlayStation 3, cementing that the PlayStation 3 was better than the 360. And then also on the 17th, Witcher 2 Assassin of Kings comes out on windows so just to give you some perspective on where uh oh my god elijah what's their name cd project red cd project red thank you cd project red had just put out the second witcher game of this year look at them now i didn't mean to kick them while they're down i think eventually uh cyberpunk will be a good game but witcher 3 is undeniably a great game i think great is an understatement for it like that's just how good Witcher 3 is. It, it like reinvented open world RPGs. It was almost as powerful as a game that would come out in November. Coach, anything I've mentioned stick out to you so far? Not in May. Not Next May, month, not. yes. Okay. All right. On June 7th, uh, this was a game. Austin couldn't be here tonight, but he was so excited for Infamous 2, which came out on June 7th. I came on the podcast for the first time ever last June, and I think I was talking about Infamous 2. Or sorry, June, June of 2020, because I was trying to play all of all their games before Ghost of Tsushima came out. Infamous 2 is like a, an amazing, incredible game. I, I absolutely love it. That game totally holds up. June 7th through the 9th, we had E3. And that was where Sony talked about the PlayStation Vita to American audiences for the first time. I was back home from England. I was staying at my father's home. Um, his father, my grandfather had passed away. So I was by myself uh, in my childhood home while he was uh, in Colorado dealing with, uh, you know, just like 
cleaning up the house, getting, getting everything in order and all that stuff. And so I remember very vividly like barbecuing chicken and then sitting down to watch E3 as it aired on Spike TV. Cause that was, that was 2011 baby. Also June 7th, red faction Armageddon. June 14th, a game I assume Elijah wants to talk about Alice madness returns. Yes. Alice madness returns. This was the first time that series had hit console. In fact, if you were to buy a brand new copy on PS3 or 360, it came with a code for a digital copy of the original American McGee's Alice. I love this game because as much as I always liked Alice in Wonderland, this was a super dark and twisted take on the series, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, buddy. Uh, on the 14th, Duke Nukem Forever, after 10 years. It could have its own 10-year anniversary podcast. Duke Nukem Forever finally comes out. Also on the 14th, we got Outland, which is an underrated 2D hack-and-slash platformer from Housemark. Uh, on June 27th, the Supreme Court declares video games as protected free speech, which is great because I believe it was Senator Lynn at the time was arguing against video games, corrupting youth. Uh, let's see, in the 28th, Beyond Good and Evil HD comes, which is a cult classic video game from the PlayStation 2, Xbox, GameCube era, remastered for HD consoles. Coach, you said June. I feel like I let you down. I feel like I missed something you want to talk about from June. Okay, so on the 19th, um, and this was Father's Day, so we were at Fort Hood getting ready to, to fly out. We flew out um, about three weeks after that, but I picked up Ocarina of Time 3D. It released on Father's Day. For some reason, that Sunday, um, it came out, and Ocarina of Time was really the first. I mean, I, I played and beat NES games, Super Nintendo games, right? But this was the, Ocarina of Time was the really first big game that I had ever beaten with like big boss, big 3D bosses, right? So to play not only in 3D, and I know 3D is the gimmick, but to play it in 3D is really awesome. Like it's it's not a gimmick. It feels It feels so good playing it in 3D, but you know, it's not just a, um, a port, you know, they went under the hood and they cleaned it up. And to me, it's easily the definitive version to play. So, and you, and yeah, there's like a, once you get, uh, once you beat, um, Phantom Ganon, the bosses open up so you could go back and play them without having to go through the dungeons and all that. Yeah. They included the, the, the boss rush mode from the GameCube release, right? Did did that have the? I think the GameCube did have like a, a Master's Quest and a Boss Rush mode. I, I, I know it had Master's Quest, but I don't. I don't remember having a a Boss Rush mode. I like might be that. talking out of my butt right now, and I apologize to our listeners because that's no way to address you. And I that's thought it did. And that's when the GameCube started. The GameCube. I'm sorry. That's when the 3DS started its momentum. I also just want to bring up quick a game that got missed in June. On June 21st, Shadows of the Damned released. And that game has such a personality to itself. It's a Suda 51 Grasshopper games or Grasshopper manufacturer game. And to this day, I still cannot recommend that game enough. 
I'm sorry. I made a note. I was like, oh, I should include this one because I know Elijah really cares. I'm sorry. I, I messed up. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Moving on to July. Uh, July, I've only got a couple games, so you guys are going to have to help me out. Okay. All right. Um, the first big one I have is on July 11th, and that is Miss Splosion Man which was such a big deal to Xbox Live Arcade back in the day. An incredibly fun series that I don't want to say couldn't get made today, not because it's like inappropriate, but couldn't get made today just because it's dumb. And it was so great at the time. But I feel like indie games are expected to have a higher level of polish today. Not that Miss Explosion Man didn't have it back in 2011. But it was such a prominent smaller release that a lot of things were forgiven for that back in 2011. The next big game I've got is Bastion on the 20th. Uh, I believe that was the first game from that studio's name that escapes me right now. Super Giant Games. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. I just always think of Greg Kasavin reading, like reading GameSpot video reviews out loud. I'm like, oh yeah, Greg's game. I'm like, that's not what the studio is called. That's that's the game that's in the um, indie game, the movie, right? Yes. Or no, yeah. no. That that's Fez. No, there's another one. Oh, I think it's Bastion. I think there's a there's a couple in indie yeah. game movie. There was uh, there's three main ones. There was Fez's game, right? Or not Fez's game, but the guy that everyone hates. Goldfish. Yes. And then I think it was Bastion, and then it was uh, Super Meatball was also in that. Super Meat Boy. Sorry. Super Meat I need Boy. to I need to watch this uh, indie game, the movie, because Supergiant Games is my all-time favorite indie studio. They have yet steer me wrong, and it all started with Bastion and the incredible soundtrack to Bastion. We should... We sh- we should do a watch party and do like a bonus episode of, uh, of the show. It's on Steam. I'm all in. All right, cool, cool. Uh, the 26th, Catherine comes out. Yeah, it did. Was this another Elijah game? Yes, it is. All oh, right. Braid. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. It was Braid. That's what it was. It wasn't bad. Uh, gotcha. okay. So, Catherine, we've talked about this on the podcast. I've actually recently started listening to the earliest episodes of the podcast and just kind of going through. And we talked about this game and it is a very adult themed game because it's dealing with a guy who's cheating on his girlfriend with another person named Catherine and Catherine with a C. Exactly. And how he's dealing with it, uh, talking to his friends, stuff like that. The actual gameplay of it is a puzzle game where at night he's asleep and has to like maneuver these puzzles and get to the very top. Yeah. He's like having night terrors and it's yes. like, re- it's like the gameplay is like reverse Cubert. Yeah. Where you're trying to ascend like this weird pseudo 3d cubic pyramid. It's yeah. so good. Like when I tell people I, I can't get into persona, it's because I played Catherine first. And like that story is just so much more interesting to me. Like when that team plays with more adult themes, I just find that way more captivating than like them exploring really important emotions that teenagers are going through. Like, I don't mean to like diminish what happens like in persona four, but Catherine was just like, 
Like I was in like a failing relationship at the time when that game came out. I just remember like playing that game and like I was not in the same situation that he that he was in. But it was also just like, oh, yeah, my relationship is also falling apart here. Let me see how this guy deals with it. It was like it was just a very right time, right place for me to to play that game. God, that game is so good. (laughs) That game is so freaking good. Um, Moving on to August. Uh, on August 3rd, Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet hits Xbox Live Arcade, which I think is just a beautiful three and a half hour long Metroidvania game that's just really stylistic. It's usually on sale on Xbox for like four bucks. I have it on my Xbox One, so I know it's available on modern consoles. This What's game the is name super of it? Fu- Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet. That game is super good and usually dirt cheap. Um, an oddly important game comes out on August 4th. Temple Run hits iOS devices, which sort of set off a slew of competitors and copycats for the Endless Runner. I had an iPhone 4 at the time. I absolutely love Temple Run. Temple Run I thought was fantastic. That was my like waiting for a drink at the bar game. That was my I can't fall asleep when I get home from the bar game. Uh, just a great experience. Did you guys, do you guys care about Temple Run at all? Did did you, were you playing mobile games at the time? I was not. I didn't no, really have I anything I could. Yeah. Oh, I've man, never been into mobile games except for uh, the little ones like Balls, B-A-L-L-Z. Oh, that's a, such a good one. Bro, that is a good <laughs> one, too. <laughs> uh, it's a, see, it's a from... physics game. Also from July, I'm checking like another list. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions comes to PSP. From Dust hits Xbox Live Arcade. It's a big Ubisoft game at the time that looked really cool where you're ostensibly playing God, helping early settlers like back in like the prehistoric era just like move. Um, Also in August... uh, on August 12th, the 3DS price drops from $249 to $169. I think this is actually what kills the Vita. Because the Vita was coming out at $249. If a gun is pointed to your head and you had to spend $249 and you could either get a 3DS or a Vita, I think you get a Vita 9 out of 10 times. I think when someone punts a gun to your head and says you can either spend $250 on a Vita or $170 on a 3DS, I think that's when people start saying, well, I'd rather pocket the $80. I could get a 3DS in two games for the price of one Vita. Um, But that is also when they announced the Ambassador Program. Yes. uh, Which, it sucks. The Ambassador Program sucks because there are so many Game Boy Advance games that come that are exclusively available through that pilot program. And you can't get them anywhere else. I think you can get them on the Wii U. But the fact that you can only get those games on your 3DS through buying a 3DS before it was like financially smart to buy a 3DS is like absolutely insane. God, God damn it, Nintendo. And the thing is, to this day, if you if you were to get a new well, they don't really sell new, but you can like when I bought one of my uh a new 3ds mm-hmm. i was still able to transfer those games onto my new 3ds i was able to transfer from my launch 
3DS onto a new 3DS XL. But you or, know, there's a, something, a 3DS XL, so. right? There's something special about that launch 3DS. You know, it's I don't know. That was I think that's the best um, version. Like just the the case, the mm-hmm. size, and everything. That was the best that that it was because then it got a little bit. It's not that it's too big. But to just throw in your uh, pocket and go, that was the perfect size. Yeah, the uh, the new or like the 3ds XL, like that was a back pocket console, whereas yes. like the 3ds was still a front pocket console. Which which color did you get for your launch 3ds? It, it was like that dark brown. Perfect. It it was the dark colored one. I got the like the teal, like the aqua. Uh huh. Yeah, I remember that one. Aqua teal one. I think there was that. There was also like a purple one. Yes. Purple one's sick. I wish I got the purple one. Now, fun fact. You remember about three, four years ago at Christmas, like right now, Nintendo would announce those special edition new 2DS? Yeah. That one year, they announced the regular, not the XL, but the regular 2DS, or the 2DS, the regular new 3DS, right? I mean, this naming convention just blows. And... (laughs) Yeah. And it it went out of stock real quick, but I was able to like about maybe four or five months later, um, go into a GameStop on Fort Bliss and they had it. And I picked it up, even though it was a little bit more expensive than the, the regular ones, I still picked it up. And to me, that is my favorite of all the DS families, except for my all time favorite um, is the, uh, the DS Lite because you could still put the Game Boy Advance games in. Oh, the DS Lite is absolutely gorgeous. I have yep. like a white DS Lite that is one of my probably top three favorite consoles of oh, all time. Oh God! All right, uh, we're we're trucking along. We're almost halfway through the year. <laughs> we're over halfway through the year. Uh, well, I know, like calendarly, yes, but oh, not in terms of game saying. game releases. <laughs> Uh, August 16th, Elijah, I'm curious if you know this game, El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron. I haven't played it, but I want to. I've heard very good things. This was just a game I randomly bought at GameStop one day, and it is awesome. It is beautiful. It is so freaking hard. And I ended up selling my copy back to GameStop so I could like get my full money back. And then I ended up buying a copy for twice as much on eBay not that long ago. And man, this game is still so pretty. Um, August 30th, we got the Baconing. If it seems like I'm reading random games, it's because I am. I have a point I'm going to make. Uh, moving on to September, what a huge September! Yes. Before we go to September, quick, I just want to say also on the 16th was No More Heroes Heroes Paradise for the PS3, okay. which yeah. was the first and technically uh, Travis Strikes Again, the mini game based game, came out on PS4, but the only no Heroes Paradise was the only mainline No More Heroes game to appear on a PlayStation console. And even more so, it was published by a different publisher than the main than the uh, mainline games. Because 1 and 2 were published by Ubisoft, and Heroes Paradise was published by Konami. That's, that's a weird turn of events for it, but yeah. Alright, moving on to September. What a big-ass September we got. On September 6th, Dead Island. After yes. like an amazing trailer that airs at, I believe, the Spike Awards, the uh, Video Game Awards on Spike, uh, the December or January before Dead Island finally comes out. It is underwhelming as hell. Fun, 
but man, not not what it was promised in the trailer. It 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 ended up leaving a lasting legacy because what it was, while it may not have been great, is what would go on to become Dying Light, which was amazing. Yeah. So Dead Island walked so Dying Light could run. That's a wonderful way to put it. Absolutely. September 6th, also, Blood Rain Betrayal. This game is coming out to modern consoles soon. I believe I saw it on Limited Run. I have my copy ordered. I think I actually ordered a copy, too. This game is rad. Blood Rain was like a 3D action, violent as hell game on Xbox and PlayStation 2. And then Blood Rain Betrayal comes out. I believe it's way forward. Uh, Yep, it is. Um, And it's just a 2D Metroidvania. Um, It's awesome. That game is also like borderline impossibly hard. I am so bad at that game. I enjoy playing it, but I did not get very far. Also, September 6th, Resistance 3. Elijah, is this the best Resistance game? Hands down. Because it was more more of a survival horror game, right? Yeah, yep. Have you guys gone back and played the first one? Yeah, I have. It's rough around it the is. edges, man. But yeah, that's okay because that's you. You have to, you know, you have to grind your teeth at some point. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like you just don't jump in and make phenomenal games. You know, and like that was, if I'm not mistaken, was that a launch or very close to launch PS3 game? I think yes, so. I think it was really. I have it, and I do want to go in and and actually beat it. But I remember when I picked it up uh, this last summer and put it in, and I was going through some of the the early missions, and I'm like, "Whoa, this it is feels, an yeah." Feels like a PS2 game still. Yes, and the difficulty is 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 up there too. Yeah, it is an incredibly hard game. And what's really weird too is like Resistance had like the first one had no multiplayer. The second one had like 64 player multiplayer, which was like unheard of at the time. And then Resistance 3 comes out. I think that one was like 12 to 16 player multiplayer. Like they they kind of like pared it down and made it more feel more like a like a Call of Duty just in terms of like intimacy. But man, Resistance 2 multiplayer was so big and so chaotic and so much fun. Um, moving on, God of War Origins comes out on the 13th. That is the PlayStation 3 remaster of the PSP games. On the 14th, we get two games to hit PSN and Xbox Live. We get Radiant Silver Gun, which is a shmup, and we get Renegade Ops, which is, I believe, made by Avalanche, like the people who made Just Cause, and it was them making like a twin stick shooter where you're playing as like a little tank vehicle. That game is super underrated. Uh, let's see. September 19th, Kirby Mass Attack hits the Nintendo DS. Still putting out DS games after the 3DS launches. We also oh got on the 20th. Hold on a second. We get Burnout Crash, Resident Evil 4 HD, Gears of War 3, and Persona 2 Innocent Sin PSP. Woof, what a day. Did you guys grab anything? On that day? I definitely grabbed Resident Evil 4. Uh, later down the road, Gears 3. Yeah. Because Gears. And Persona 2, I'll forever have a chip on my shoulder with that game. Okay. So for me, um, 
This isn't I even the end. Of, this isn't even the end of September. I just had to right. take a break because there so, were so many I mean, games. Eventually, I picked up Resident Evil Four, and then um, when I got the uh, the Series X, I bought. If you bought the Gears of War, um, it's it's the remaster. Oh, yeah. What, what did was, they call it? It was. That's gonna. Hold on, I gotta look. It's gonna. It's, it wasn't like Gears Reloaded or something like that. What the hell? Something like that. Right. You get those games. You get two, three, and um, I think was Judgment part of that? Yes. Yeah, you got yeah. Judgment as well. And it was, what was it, like maybe 15 or 16, I think it was, when you, me, and Austin played through them? Yeah. We Especially, streamed them. Oh, such good times, man. Very good even, times. Even though the controlling is such a pain in the ass, man. Gears like, of War Ultimate Edition. Yeah, that's it. Gears that's of War called. Ultimate. So, um, such good times with that series. All right. Moving along further in September. God, what a big month. Uh, the 27th, we got Ico Shadow the Colossus collection. We got Splinter Cell Classic Trilogy collection releasing. Resident Evil Code Veronica X HD. One of my personal favorites. What did that PSN, release on? Code Veronica XHD. That was 360 and PS3. Uh, one of my personal favorites on the 27th, Rochard, which is a PSN Xbox Live arcade game. It is a two-dimensional platformer that plays a lot like Portal, where you have like a oh, gravity yeah. gun type thing. That game's incredible. That game's great. And then uh, I have X-Men Destiny, also on the 27th, from Silicon Knights. Moving on to October. Wait, before October. we do, oh, please. can we yeah. can we buy that game, the Code Veronica X HD? Yeah, yeah. Because they also I brought it out to current gen consoles. As well. Yeah, like I, I have the PS4 version of that game. Yeah, interesting. Okay, October fourth, Dark Souls is unleashed on gaming. Do either of you care about Dark Souls? Did you just ask if I care about Dark Souls? Yeah, Elijah, like, I don't know if you've ever talked about this game before. So, I just want give, to give, give an open floor if anyone wants to talk about it. So basic history for me is I didn't like Dark Souls at first. I played the first Dark Souls, didn't like it. Played the second Dark Souls, didn't like it. Like, I, I tried them, I should say. But then Dark Souls 3 was coming out. A couple friends were super into it. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I enjoyed it. Then got into Bloodborne. I'm massively in love with that series now. I've played through all the Dark Souls games. This game literally spawned a genre on in its own right. So this is another one of those games that, you know, like World of Warcraft, like Minecraft. It changed gaming just in general. And, you know, there's been a lot of discourse. For some reason, 10 years later, about this game and difficulty, but this game really did set a new course for so many kinds of games, and it's just so good. It's so, well, the uh, art is so incredible in this series. For anybody who just doesn't care about playing Dark Souls, just watch cinematics. Just look at pictures from these games. The art is amazing. The art is so pretty. I wish I were better at these games so I could enjoy more of it. That's fair. Yeah. 
Also on October 4th, Rage. Like one of the first games from id Software in such a long time. That comes to 360 and PS3. Spider-Man Edge of Time also comes out. Holy crap, is that game expensive now? Yeah. Uh, Edge of Time and Shattered Dimensions are, are both creeping up there in price. Uh, Orcs Must Die. A tower defense game. Tower defense was so stupidly popular at the time. This is also the year of Anomaly Warzone, another tower defense game. But Orcs Must Die was a game where you were defending like a, a medieval-looking tower situation. You could set traps for orcs, and you could jump in, and it was also third-person combat, so that was like its, its shtick, its gimmick. Super fun. Ace Combat Assault Horizon. On the 14th, we got the iPhone 4S improving mobile gaming so you can play great things like a game that comes out in December. On the 18th of October, Batman Arkham City. Is this the best one in the series? Yes, it is. Um, It is to me. But here's the thing, fun fact. I I got the uh, collector's edition for Christmas and this is when I was out there and I still have the little statue. and. Maybe just because where my head was at. And I explained this in my review. When I, I actually did a review of um, the Wii U version of this game. But when I first time when I played through it. The armored edition. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was kind of disappointed with it. I got, I got it on PS3. And maybe because I just played Arkham Asylum to death. Like I knew every corner of that game right i could i could get all the trophies blindfolded right so it was just different right but then um when i got home in 12 and i picked up my wii u and i picked up the armored edition then my whole view of this game totally changed then i played it on pc which that's the definitive version to play in my opinion now i do have the uh the up the 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 next gen or you know it was the the xbox one and ps4 the the return to arkham yeah yes i have those and i haven't played them yet but being that um next year we're getting gotham knights hopefully um i do want to go through and play um the series again and maybe do some cool stuff with it on our youtube channel but i do want to play return to arkham but Back to Arkham City. Yes, to me, it's the best story and the best game in the system in the series. I never beat it because it came out October 18th. I had it was in college. I came back. It was 2011, technically the start of my senior year, and I just had so much work to do. I remember buying it, playing the Catwoman levels, like uh-huh. the DLC. Yep. And then playing like maybe an hour and a half of that game and then putting it down, being like, oh, I'll get to this after I finish my papers. And then just like literally yeah. never going back to the game. Right. I would do yourself a favor and and jump into it, um, especially um, with your Series X coming in, um, mm-hmm. playing um, Return to Arkham, because I'm sure you can get it dirt cheap now, you know. Yeah, no, I've got it on PlayStation 4, so I might just download that to my 5 and just uh, and play it there, because that would be a fun time to return to it. Um, 
also the 18th payday the heist and uh rocksmith came out rocksmith i'm only mentioning because like i've got like an older teacher uh who i met at uh, my advertising program and the dude loved rocksmith like was playing it as of like three years ago was like really enjoying it like as a way for him to like relearn bass and relearn guitar so it was just cool to see like the evolution of guitar hero to actually incorporate like real instruments i said to george before the podcast i had two games in october that kind of i wanted to talk about more for what they do for gaming than for like the actual games themselves one was dark souls but the other one is rocksmith because that game taught me how to i i was able to just plug a guitar into an amp and play down with the sickness because of that game because that game taught me how to play it because for those who have never played rocksmith or that it starts out by just showing you, for example, smoke on the water starts out with the da 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 da, and it may start out the song with just play, you playing the like da da and just playing like one out of every five notes. But then get like keep doing that and you're doing that well. Get about ten fifteen seconds in, and now you're playing two out of every five notes keep playing well and it goes three out of and then you get to that five out of five but keep playing well and it starts giving you the expanded of that note you're not just playing like one of these strings that you're playing you're going to put your fingers on two of the strings and the song keeps advancing as you go as you do well and it taught me how to play guitar like it wasn't just a oh you can somewhat play no it actually taught you how to play guitar which was amazing and that was kind of the start of really showing what video games could do in a teaching space more than just having fun playing games. Yeah, suck it, nerds. Now games are for learning stuff. A quick side note before we continue as well, also released earlier in October, was Forza Motorsport 4. Which, okay, yeah, Which I, I think did not, did is the pinnacle of the Forza Motorsport series. That was the last one before the Xbox One came out. Uh, that one had oh, what was Mount uh, Fujimi or something like. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was this perfect like drift racing track setup. That game had so many cars. I think it was like close to eight hundred vehicles were in it. It was the pinnacle of the series because then it came out on Xbox One, only had a small fraction of vehicles small fraction of the tracks and it never got back up to that height forza motorsport 4 is still my all-time favorite racing game check it out probably super cheap on consoles if it's still available which i I assume it would be um on the 24th we got kirby's return to dreamland two kirby games in one year what a time to be alive uh kirby's return to dreamland is excellent that came to wii uh battlefield 3 also came out uh that weekend on the 25th that was like the first time battlefield 3 it didn't sell nearly as much as call of duty that year but it was the first time battlefield sold in like vaguely competitive numbers to call of duty so that was sort of like the turning point where people started taking battlefield seriously as a as a franchise and i believe that was like the launch of battle log uh which i remember it sold like 9 to 11 million copies it was a pretty big deal at the time uh, Infamous Festival of Blood came out on the 25th, which was a standalone DLC for Infamous 2. 
uh, involving vampires, and it came out just in time for Halloween, which was spooky and fun. November 1st, we got GoldenEye 007 Reloaded on the Wii, which was the first time we'd had a James Bond game sort of like sort of harken back to GoldenEye, the first time that name had come back since the N64 days. We had Lord of the Rings War in the North, which was an aggressively average hack and slash game with the Lord of the Rings license. Um, we also had Sonic Generations. Probably the best Sonic game since Colors. Yeah, probably. Are Generations and Colors like the best Sonic games of the century? Maybe since uh, Sonic Adventure. And then we also got the best uh, Nathan Drake Uncharted game. We got Uncharted 3. Yeah. On the 8th, we got Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, my personal favorite Call of Duty game because the story was so just bat crap crazy. Uh, we got the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. Which is and then, at uh, the moment not on storefronts right now. Not on storefronts right now. We also got my game of the year on Friday, November 11th, releasing at midnight the Thursday before. Lego we got Harry Potter. Oh, Lego Harry Potter, everyone's favorite magic using game that month, that day. That year, just kidding. It's Skyrim. Um, what I've told that story countless times. I'm not going to tell it again. But God, I love Skyrim. On the 13th, Coach Super Mario 3D Land. You know that game. I love that game, and I, I do still too. do. It's it's probably one of my favorite Mario games next to uh, Super Mario RPG. But this game got me back into Mario. Right. So, I mean, just the game, just how it looked in 3D mode. Holy cow. Like they knocked it. That to me, that was a 10 out of 10 game. Yeah, I agree. I I 110% agree. That game is fantastic. And it was easy for me to like wake up in the morning before chow, uh, play about 10 or 15 minutes, you know, go on through my day. And then, uh, come home and just or not come home but go to the barracks and just play at night you know yeah not just one of the best handheld marios maybe one of the best marios ever like that game is great i wish there was a way to bring it to switch i don't know if there is because there were so many like hidden pockets of that game that revolved around like a 3d element i don't know if that'll work on the switch but man i wish it could that game is perfect I just remember seeing Bowser and just my jaw dropping like, man, he looks so good. Let's see. Um, On the 15th of November, Assassin's Creed Revelations. Glad that game series changed. I was getting sick of those Assassin's Creed games. I know 4 is Elijah's favorite, right? Uh, I I prefer the new, like, RPG version of it where it's like uh, Odyssey and Origins, I prefer that. But they're series. so long, man. Like you have to invest so much time into it. Yeah, that's the only no, that's, thing. That's man. that's fair. That's fair. Like that's a game that I would, I would struggle to play. But then again, I put so many hours in Spider Man uh, earlier this year, you know, and mm. uh, a lot of hours just because I just had fun just being in this you know just yeah just moving around oh my god um, yeah yeah so movement I, is so fl- so i guess so it's all game. about are you having fun right which yeah. is what video games are it's true it's why we're here 
Uh, which is why we're also going to talk about Halo Combat yes, Evolved. Uh, we're celebrating the anniversary of 2011. In 2011, they were celebrating the anniversary of 2001. What a great game. That game... Halo is so incredibly important to me. But just the fact that like on the Xbox 360 controller, I think that was the only 360 game I bought that year. I was so invested in my PlayStation 3. Um, but the fact that you could like, press the select button and jump between yes. original graphics Amazing. and updated graphics like instantaneously like that needs to be a feature on every single hd game ever like it it has to be did halo 2 have that or did they just i think it kind of i think it did you couldn't do the old like cinematics like the way i think in halo anniversary edition if you were in the original halo when a cinematic started you had to watch the old cinematics and if you were in the new graphics you had to watch like the new cinematic but I think with Halo 2 on the Master Chief Collection, you could only watch new cinematics. Which sucks, because Return to Center was so much better in the original. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, also on the 15th, Rayman Origins, which would eventually become one of my favorite Vita games. Saints Row the Third, which was probably the high point of that series. If uh, If anyone is keeping score... Guess not a lot of Saints Row guys here. It was it started off as a GTA clone, and then Saints Row the Third was, and it became its own thing. It was all about hyper customization and personalization. Uh, also, on the twentieth, uh, Skyward Sword. Does anyone care about Skyward Sword? No, I got yeah. it. Never beat it. I mean, like I just, like I said, I just couldn't get into the to the motion nope. controls. Yeah, it plays better on the Switch, but still doesn't play great. Yeah, I, I mean, I have it on the Switch, too. I just don't know when I'll get to it. Like, there's just so many other games I want to play. You know, I need to, but, you know. Also, for note, on the 15th, Rayman Origins came out on PS3, 360, and Wii. And that brought back the, like, classic Rayman style. And that game was incredible. Hey, I, I brought it up. I said it was my favorite Vita game. I did One of my hear favorite that. Vita game. Sorry. I was yeah. looking at the list. <laughs> one of my favorite Vita games, Rayman Origins. Absolutely incredible game. Um, there was December, that. There was, I remember there was that level. It was like a side scroller shoot em up space, or he's in a plane or something like that. Right? Yeah, I think his ears are like helicopters or right. whatever. He, he he did that a lot. Yeah, no, that that game was great on Vita. I never played on the consoles. Um, on sorry, on home consoles, but absolutely love it on that OLED screen, baby. Uh, December, I've got four games on the sir, first. It, sir, oh shoot, what did I miss? On November twenty second, Corpse Party came out for PSP. Oh, okay, what is a Corpse Party, Elijah? Corpse Party is a series about students who do this pact to stay together because the one student is going to another school and they end up getting sucked into another dimension to this school, this elementary school that basically is from an urban legend where a killer came in, started killing people. The principal jumped off the roof because they were going to shut down the school. All this crazy stuff happened. And then all these kids are trying to get home 
while being hunted by these ghosts, you can be killed in so many weird, creepy, and gruesome ways. But also, like, it just, it had a good story for what it was doing. And it managed to live on. And, in fact, this is the one that just came out on PlayStation 4, Switch, and Xbox. I think Xbox. Uh, last month. Is it a remake of this game? Not so much a remake, but, like, a remaster of it. Okay. Because it keeps the original graphics, but, like, the... Anim like hand drawn like anime art is in HD now and stuff like that. Gotcha. This was a PSP game originally. Correct. PSP. Awesome. All right. Super cool. Um, I got four games for December and two events. Infinity Blade Two comes to mobile devices on December first. Uh, made by Chair. That game is awesome. That game is incredible. It was just like. Uh, Dark Souls inspired art direction with really fast, responsive swipe controls. And it was just you trying to exploit weaknesses in opponents as it was basically like a boss, boss rush mode as you were like navigating a castle, trying to take out increasingly more dangerous enemies. Incredibly fun. Such a great game. I haven't played any like the most recent Infinity Blade games. Uh, Infinity Blade is why chairs stop making shadow complex because infinity blade was just so popular mario kart 7 hits 3ds uh a completely solid but ultimately boring game did anyone agree did anyone spend time with uh mario kart 3ds um i mean it was good but once eight came out like yeah you know, a few years later then that was just you know that was the go-to, yeah. Yeah. My only history with Mario Kart 7 was I bought it specifically to enter a tournament at PAX. Like, I'd never played it before. So, just, I, I lost in the first round of the tournament, not shocking. But I was just that asshole in the back throwing blue shells all the time. Was oh, that in 2014, okay. Elijah? It might have been. I think I remember you or, doing You were no, in some... That might have been 2013. Because in 2014, I did to do a tournament at PAX, and I won. Oh, hey, that was the PAX I met you. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed for the PlayStation Vita. So once, Vita one. so once we get out of 2011, the 3DS picks up more Steams, but it's got good titles right now. I mean, you got yeah. Ocarina of Time. You have 3D. Oh, land. and I, I totally missed another one that Austin wanted included. It was uh, Star Fox 3D. Yes. Yeah. So. And then also, one of my favorite games on the 8th comes out for, uh, sorry, Fortune Street comes out for the Wii, which was like such a weird Japanese. It was like if uh, Mario Party Monopoly had a baby starring the Mario cast uh, that came out to Wii. But then on the 8th, Pushmo comes to 3DS as like, the big like downloadable title um that game was incredibly fun and it was actually kind of like catherine-esque where it was you sort of like dealing with pixelated art of like famous nintendo characters trying to ascend them in like the appropriate way uh on the 10th the spike video game awards happened and this is where uh the last of us is revealed for the first time what and did you the... think of the video game awards back then? 
I remember being less optimistic about them then than I am now. Like when I tune in now, I expect like baby E3 or like E3's younger brother. Back then, I was just hoping for breadcrumbs. Well, when was it when we, uh, I guess it was what the early 2000s, mid 2000s when it was uh, Samuel Jackson and it was all about Doritos and Mountain Dew. Yeah. You know, big rock stars, which was fun. Right, it was fun to watch. Mm. VGAs then, are uh, why I hate Joel McHale. And yeah. then uh, take that back. And then now it's just like you know, it's all about trailers and not so much awards, which I'm okay with because it's just a fun night just to sit down and watch trailers of of uh, video games. Yeah, and like it really does feel like a second big like video game conference. Back right. then, it felt like if it was awards for the developers, but it was also, it felt like rewards for people who are watching. Whereas like now oh, it feels yeah. like now it feels like a part of the marketing, which like kind of bums me out where like, it does feel so commercialized, but back then, that especially formal, it's so formal. It's like, yeah, you know, just one of the things I don't like about the show now is so much of it is here's trailers for new stuff. Oh, and we'll just quick say this one, this, this one, this, this one, this, and now a new trailer. I'm like, whoa, wait, go back. This little developer won their first award and you're just kind of saying, and they won this. All right, now play this trailer for this new game. Like, yeah, there's, there's no time to celebrate the actual like achievement of, of what happened where back then there actually like was, yeah, that's my biggest criticism with these newest shows. I think, which is why our video game awards are going to be the biggest event of the year. Exactly. So, yeah, I just wish, like, if Jeff Keighley really wanted to make it better, he would bring in, like, fans and just, like, fly him in. and Or he would fly to L.A. or wherever and just talk to, you know, a big group of gamers and just say, okay, let's, let's try and make this better, right? Because if mm. it's for the fans, then let the fans kind of, like, you know, make it their own. but. Yeah, that's either near or there. Final event for the year, December 17th, the PS Vita releases in Japan. Dead on arrival. Thanks, Nintendo. Um, And that was it. That was 2011. Those are the biggest events. Thank you both for chiming in for things that I missed. I noticed some trends. This was the year that I thought downloadable games got great. You know, between Bastion Insanely Twisted, Shadow Planet, Beyond Good and Evil HD, Outland. This is also the year of the HD collection. <laughs> you got Beyond Good and Evil HD. You got uh, Resident Evil 4, uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica X, the uh, Metal Gear Solid collection, Splinter Cell collection, etc. God of War. Um, this is also the last year I noticed that there were movie tie-in games for comic book movies. We had Thor... We had Captain America, we had Green Lantern, and then they just stopped coming out after this. Um, but that was 2011, guys. I thought it was a fantastic year for games. Elijah, if you have a top three or a top five, do you have anything? Do you have a list off the top of your head? Coach, same same to you? My top three would probably be Dark Souls, Dead Space 2, and probably Forza 
Motorsport 4. I was going to say, you're not even including the best racing game of all time. And then for me, easily Ocarina of Time and 3D Land. And, of course, uh, Arkham City. Uh, for me, it would probably be Skyrim. Like, if I could only keep one game from this entire year, I think it would be Skyrim. But then besides that, 3D Land is borderline perfect. And um, uh, Richard, screw it. I'm going with Richard. I love that game. It is a 2D platformer with gravity physics and it's so much fun all right guys that was 2011 as we remember it um thank you so much for listening you can send in questions to at frameskip pod on twitter you can reach elijah at loco lizard man on twitter you can also catch him streaming on twitch at loco lizard man you can reach coach through his twitter handle which also happens to be at Frame Skip Pod on no Twitter. resemblance, no resemblance. They just It'll they be look the, each- you, you can tell when it's mine when it's either Rogue Squadron, Batman of anything, or I'll sign off with the Tilde Coach. Yeah, or you'll be making fun of Jason Trier. Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's who? <laughs> I didn't make fun of him. I just you know I had pointed to out some him. inconsistencies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Austin wasn't too happy about that. It's not poking fun if it's the truth. Yeah. Uh, Austin, who just mentioned but is not here, uh, you can reach him at Austin J. Eller on Twitter. Seth, who we miss very, very much, can be reached at Seth, the 90s kid. Uh, Please don't follow him, though. He doesn't like that. Isn't Um, he in the moon? Didn't he take a, you know, isn't he taking a flight to space and he's been out there for a while? Yeah, he's actually, he's laying the groundwork. He's making sure Frameskip has a a good seat at the cafeteria uh, at the moon moon base doing uh doing good work up there for us uh we're not going to do our best in franchise this episode because we ran a little long um but hey guys get excited coach you've got reviews coming up you've got stuff coming to youtube you said you miss editing are you working on anything fun coming up right now no but definitely for 2022 uh i do want to do something with the uh arkham games um Kind of like a retrospective of each one, kind of, you know, just kind of make it my own and then uh, get ready for Gotham Knights because that's going to, I don't know how that's going to play. I don't know how it's going to be, but I am trusting uh, OWB Montreal. So, Coach will do stuff for the Arkham games like Batman, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. I'll do stuff for the Arkham games, which is just playing through all different versions of Call of Thulu. So funny, aren't you, Elijah? <laughs> Always got jokes. It's what I do. It's what he does. He's not even wearing a shirt. Of course, he's got jokes. He's so funny. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can reach me at purplebird616 on Twitter. Uh, I hope you like comic book stuff because that's mostly what I talk about from that account. But guys, I'm excited. Uh, we've been brainstorming new things to do for the channel new things to do for the pod, new ways to interact with people. Uh, if you're listening to this, especially if you've made it, uh, what, what are we, an hour and a half into this episode, this deep cut into uh, the way the world was a decade ago, please let us know what you like about this show. Please let us know what you dislike about this show. Please let us know what our strengths and weaknesses are, according to you, the listener. We are always up for hearing criticism, and we would love to address to make a better show for you going forward. Um, 
that's all I got. Guys, Elijah, closing words, coach, closing words. You got me. Just, you know, check me out on Twitch every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you're listening to it this weekend, I'm going to be playing all of the Final Fantasy 15 DLCs. Ooh, starting with Ignis. I'll probably start with Prompto just because I love Prompto. He's my favorite. All right, fair enough. Uh, I'll be uh, watching that. My my girlfriend's mother's in town. I'm gonna go see Eternals one night, but the night I'm not seeing Eternals, I will be watching your streams. Hey. Coach, final word from you. Be loving, be respectful, and have fun. Words to live by. Final words from Austin are: uh, Breath of the Wild sucks. Go. Go George, go Patriots. That sounds like Austin to me. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. Go Bulldogs.